Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is Quantum Nurse Podcast, and I am Grace Asagra, your host. I am a holistic registered nurse with over 30 years of clinical experience, plus all the narratives that I can share with you. And today, it is my special day, and I am privileged to have a colleague in her health work, and she and I are in a strong business course. So what can I say? I would love for you to hear what she has to say and to contribute, because it is my intention in this podcast that I would want to have a platform for holistic methods, holistic practitioners, so not they can provide knowledge, info, inspiration, and really how, how to show you to not to be scared and embrace something that may be a little bit different. Okay, and if you know some of the information that she will share and you haven't taken advantage of it, feel free, take advantage of it. So welcome to Quantum Nurse Podcast. I am Grace Asagra and today's guest is Lamia Hariri. Thank you so much, Lamia, for being here. Hi, Grace. Hi, everyone. I'm really, really happy to be part of your podcast, and I hope I can give some value to everyone. Definitely. That's what we're going to put in our head all the time, is how can we put, add value in your life? And actually, someone just said that before the how, we would like to ask, can we help you? And so here we are. We're trying to to be of health to you. So let me tell you a little bit more about Lamia. And I'm sure this is nothing as to all the other things that she has done in her life. And so she's gonna fill us in with everything. So Lamia Hariri is a food and mood coach. She's medically trained holistic nutritionist, especially the vegan raw food. She is a constellation coach. She is an author of one book and two several other meditations. She is also a psychology therapist and she is an expert in non-dualistic Kabbalistic healer and a rebirth, rebirther breath worker. Okay, so she has powerful expertise and tools and so she, she will bring us to that journey, right? And today, our she wants us to kind of like focus on the topic today of how do we nourish ourselves? Now, can we nourish you? Because if you say yes, this is the episode of how can we nourish you? Lamia, tell us first, yes. what are the titles of your books? And, you know, why don't you just tell them now where you can find them? Well, actually, um, my book is uh, sold out, uh, you know, the hard copy. It's called Divine Cooking. It's a book with uh, Arabic vegan recipes. And um, it's available as an ebook still on my website, lamiahariri.de. So I've uh, done it in German and in English. So both uh, are available there. And actually, I have written this book out of, um, let's say, um, my own health challenges. 
and a very, very dear person, very close to my heart, was very ill with cancer. And at that time, I was working as a therapist, in, um, as a psycho-oncology therapist in a hospital with cancer patients. And, you know, what I was noticing was that they were all getting the same food in the hospital, even the, the cancer patients. And this was driving me sort of nuts and mad because I really know how food can change our whole biochemistry, how food can change our immune system, which is so important for cancer patients to really strengthen their immune system. So I thought, well, you know, I had so much knowledge being a, um, a, what do you call it, a holistic nutritionist as well. So I thought, let me put it down in a book. So this is what I did. I wrote a book um, on, which I called it divine cooking because I always use my intuition when I'm cooking as well and preparing food or even writing down recipes. And uh, since I'm half Arab, I wanted to have something, um, you know, Arabic. I, I love Arabic food. It's so colorful and I wanted to veganize them. And this is what I did. So all the Arabic uh, recipes in that book are vegan, they're gluten-free, they're sugar-free, so really, really healthy. Yeah, so that's my book, my first one. The second one will be coming soon. <laughs> and how about the, the meditation one? Well, meditation, since I'm a breath worker as well, and uh, people who come to me uh, in one-on-one -on -one, um, sessions or even to group sessions, I used to give a lot of group sessions in meditation. So people were telling me, oh, can't you record some of your meditations? So I started doing that. And uh, when CDs were still popular, I published a CD as well, which is about its breath work which is available in German and in English. So it gives you four really good meditations. It's a morning meditation, an evening meditation, a breath meditation, and a full body healing meditation. So it's all guided meditations. And then I brought out um, lots of more meditations, which are all available on my website. So, um, you know, it's, it's just really the feedback of people when they say you have, you've uh, got such a soothing and calm voice when I guide them through the meditations that I thought, okay, why not? And I asked a friend of mine who uh, plays the flute and he recorded his music to my first CD. So there is an added uh, healing value to that as well. Wow, it's, they are powerful tools and thank you for doing that. That's a lot of contribution to humanity and to those who are willing and ready to you know, explore that experience. And the yeah. title is beautiful, Divine Cook. What, what came into my mind when you say the divine cooking is that other than using your intuition, because you know, for me, the the cooking is a sacred activity like and if we consciously think that oh, the food our skills the time and the love for our whoever we're preparing the food for is the source really is from some something higher than ourselves some type of divinity whatever we believe in and whatever we call it so thank you for that contribution 
to the well, world. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so what, what does it mean to nourish oneself? Yeah, that's, I mean, I know this is a really, really big issue. You know, what does it mean to nourish yourself? Where does nourishment begin? And actually, this is one of my favorite subjects. This is why I chose it. And I do a lot of talks also um, for cancer groups and uh, even in bookshops and, and other groups and just to show them what nourishing yourself means and where it starts. And for me, nourishing myself actually really starts within the womb. Before I was even born, when I was still a tiny little embryo in my mother's womb, this is where nourishing started because the way my mother nourished herself had an impact on me as an unborn child, um, which already conditioned me even as an unborn child. So everything she thought about, her relationship to my father, to nature, to, to people, to everything in her life, which nourished her in a positive way, nourished me also. And everything she was lacking, obviously emotionally, uh, was transmitted to me as an unborn child. Of course, all that was unconsciously done. So it's not like, you know, intentionally she kept something from me. Um, but circumstances obviously made her um, transmit some of her lack to me. So then also the way I was born or any one of us is born has an impact on our future life, how we relate to food, how we relate to giving ourselves the nourishment we need. Um, was it a normal birth? Was it a difficult birth? Was my mother relaxed? Was she tranquilized? Was it a C-section? Was my father there? How was the atmosphere um, while I was born? So the, the moment we, we come into this earth, uh, into this world, and we, we are welcomed with a lot of love and appreciation and calm and kindness and compassion, I mean, just imagine what all this does to an un, I mean, to the newborn baby. It comes into a world and is welcomed with open arms. And it could be just the opposite. You know, in some countries, I mean, I'm half Arab. So in some countries, it's not really um, very, very uh, lovable to have so many uh, girls. They prefer to have more boys. So then maybe a girl is born and it's like, oh my God, another girl. What a disappointment. So this is how a person, a woman might be welcomed into this world. So then later on in life, she goes through life with, an, with a subconscious belief, I'm not welcome here anyway. So as you can see this, in this time in the womb, the birth itself, our childhood, how we are conditioned throughout our childhood, um, what kind of food we are given, 
the atmosphere at the dinner table, at the breakfast table, do we actually, did we actually eat together as a family? All this has an impact on our subconscious belief system and how later on we nourish ourselves. Have we learned to enjoy food, to be grateful for food? Is it colorful? Um, like I said, how's the atmosphere? So you can imagine, you know, if it was a happy, loving atmosphere, good food, really healthy food, good nutrients, our body, our emotional body as well is nourished. And, you know, we grow into a happy, healthy, uh, emotionally healthy person and feel nourished. But if we didn't have all this, I mean, just think of all the children who are born today in war zones. What conditioning are they receiving when they are born? What nourishment are they receiving when they are born? It's, it's um, subconscious beliefs of total lack of danger, of anger, of aggression. And this is something they grow up with and go out into the world with. Well, it's, it's uh, that's, you know, what you just shared is very true in, in fact, listening to the the reality that you're just saying and the, from different cultures and preferences well, you know in terms of what type of gender it, it's just nice to hear that because that's also happening to other cultures they it may yes. not be popularly known as made in the arabic world but that also happens to in the philippines when particularly when they have a lot of like boys already right or a lot of girls yes. already and then they wanted one gender and then it did kind of disappoints them and so I say that you and I and everyone who you know looks at these factors have a lot of work to do <laughs> absolutely yes 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 yeah. I, I wanted to see what can we, um, sometimes, okay, these are the scenarios sometimes. So, so when someone learns already or understands what perhaps they've been through or their parents have been through, recognizing that, it's like half of the population uh, may say, okay, they want to easily blame the past and not move on. How... Do you think can they what can they do and especially how can they use the food in in terms of bringing them out of mm -hmm. that being stuck in that mindset and feelings yeah yeah that's a great question grace um, because I really really believe very very sincerely in taking ownership taking responsibility. I mean, we are here for a reason, meaning we were born with all these circumstances for a reason. You know, it's our life lessons. So rather than blaming my parents or blaming the world or blaming the war, I can say, okay, this is the circumstances I was given. So um, what can I, you know, what can I learn from this? 
and how can I still take full responsibility for the teachings that life is giving me? And then to come to your question, how can we um, improve our situation with food? And when you say food, I don't only concentrate on the foods that we put in our mouth, but you know, the overall food. So I believe in looking at my issues all the time. I mean, having done so many self-improvement programs and having been through so many different kinds of trainings, I have learned so many things, so many tools, and know that there is one tool for each person out there, be it breathwork, be it meditation or yoga, um, be it psychoanalysis. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of tools out there on how to work on our subconscious mind and, um, you know, turn our negative beliefs into positive ones and really embrace everything that we have experienced, even our traumas. And at the same time, in order to be really, really healthy and in order to get out of uh, our negative belief system and feel good and feel positive, we actually need the right foods as well, the foods that we put in our mouth. So what, when, when my clients ask me, so what's the first thing I can do before I even start going into like a food program and a nutritional change? I say, think green and think rainbow. So this is something that everyone out there can do. You know, it's like, think green. Okay, what green foods do I know? And it's definitely not just cucumber. I mean, so many herbs are green. So many different vegetable and, and vegetables and fruits are green. And rainbow, I mean, the rainbow has a scope of all colors. So I can really, really advise you. If you have kids, ask your kids to draw a colorful rainbow and you put it on your fridge. And then... In the beginning of the week, when you go shopping or at the end of the week, when you do your shopping for the next week, look at the rainbow and stock your fridge and your kitchen with all the colors of the rainbow and help tell your kids to support you and, you know, ask them, what color haven't we eaten this week? What color would you still like to eat? And even, you know, children who don't like to eat vegetables or fruits a lot, you can tell them, well, we have to eat the rainbow. So it, it really helps them also to get into the habit of eating the colorful food. So also what you can do is prepare the food in a colorful way. Don't just throw it all into a pot or a pan and for the sake of filling your stomach, but really, you know, prepare a nice plate. You know, I live alone. So even when I prepare food for myself, I prepare a plate which looks like a beautiful mandala. And I just, I would love to take pictures of my, my food every single day and just post it everywhere. Of course, I don't do it, but you know, it really touches my heart. And then the smell of the, the vanilla, whatever you, you add, the spices, the herbs, whatever you add to your foods, you know, this does something to your brain as well. 
and it uplifts you. The colors uplift you. The smells uplift you. If you prepare the foods yourselves, but, but while cutting the vegetables, I mean, go into a connection with the vegetables and say, thank you, nature, for giving me this carrot, this cucumber, the zucchini, whatever you're cutting and preparing. And already you feel nourished. I love that. I love that, you know, those simple tip on the thinking green and thinking rainbow and then yes. asking kids. Yeah, I was even thinking, you know, if the kids would love it other than the rainbow, then they could initially put all the different kinds or draw the certain f vegetables and fruits that matches for that color. And yes, then, absolutely. Yes. Asking them day to day because then they feel like they're engaged. It's like a game for them. It's a beautiful game. And that's yes. a subtle way of uh, suggesting to them or, you know, teaching them what yes. good things to to incorporate in their life so thanks it's it's i like practical things okay okay yeah, um, and, even, and even yes when my, when my kids were small well and you know they they used to eat everything basically but i wanted to make food fun for them so on their plate when i would cut uh, you know like a bell pepper a red one and apple and whatever i would make shapes uh, animal faces on their plate so i have a white plate and then just put the veggies in in shapes and they would say oh i'm eating the ear i'm eating the nose i'm eating this and you know it was really fun doing that yeah and yep even when when also when we have to buy like cooked food or prepared food from outside. I said, no, we have some nice plates. Let's use it and make yes. it. So it, it, it's more, it's really, it, it gives you a really good feeling. That Absolutely. Eating something really good. Okay. Yes. So you're doing a lot of uh, good things and adding value to people when you can teach more than just eating it. Yeah. And then how, how else can we use the power of food to upgrade our health? Well, depending on the symptoms we have, for example, um, you know, there's a lot of people, depending on their age, with diabetes, with um, um, even just the, the emotional burnout, then... Um, um, bloatedness, um, if people can't sleep, we, we have so many different symptoms and most of them, interestingly, can be treated right at the base if we treat the colon. Because our gut, our gut lining um, has 80% of our harbors 80% of our immune system. And no matter what disease we have, we need a good immune system to fight all these uh, diseases to, to relieve us from the symptoms. So then people ask me, so what can I do for my immune system? The first and easiest thing, ask your grandmothers what kind of food they were eating and I have really done some research and in all the different countries and cultures, our grandmothers and grandfathers used to eat a lot of fermented foods, traditionally fermented foods, you know, fermented in the sense just water with salt. 
and then some herbs and then the veggies and you just leave them for a week, for two weeks, for three weeks and you have all the healthy lactobacteria which are created. It's a fermentation process and the veggies that you have just put in the glass just a few weeks ago are now a really, really healthy probiotic which in turn nourishes your gut lining. So this is, this is a very, very easy thing we can do. Fortunately, nowadays, even for the busy people out there, for all the business people, you can get fermented foods in the health food store. So whichever ones you like, you can just buy them ready-made. And they're, they're, of course, very good as well. And you can just eat lots of fermented foods before any meal. Then we have kombucha. Kombucha, which is, which is a kind of, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like a mushroom kind. And, you know, this is also a ferment, fermentation process. You put it in water and it ferments the water and you have a fermented drink. And you can just have like a shot glass of this drink every morning on an empty stomach, which works wonders, really miracles for your gut lining. So also very, very easy tool. And you, of course, you can buy kombucha in health food stores as well. You don't have to ferment it yourself. Yeah, I think in the last, let's say five years, it's like fermented food have been like super food. Yes. Suddenly everyone's talking about fermented drink, fermented, um, anything fermented vegetables. Yes even some, some grains, they ferment. Absolutely, uh, sprouting. I like, I like fermented foods, but I know that some others may have a difficulty uh, in the beginning. So how, how would you handle someone who said, oh, that makes me gassy or that bothers me? Yeah. Well, also it depends on the kind of foods they are eating. So in the beginning, of course, I have an intake form, which is like four pages where I ask all these questions, you know, about their daily habits, their food intake, their water intake. Do they mix food and water together, which is not good at all? Um, do they eat salads with their cooked food? Do they eat them afterwards? And also I make them write down what they eat for a week. Most people don't even know what they are eating. So when you let them write down what they're eating for a week, and at the end of the week, they look at that sheet of paper, they are amazed sometimes at how much they eat, how much rubbish they eat, how much they combine different foods, which should not be combined. And um, then when you give them, when I give them very, very easy um, suggestions, like don't eat anything raw after 2 p.m. Because according to traditional Chinese medicine, according to Ayurvedic medicine, our whole digestive system slows down. I mean, it has its own rhythm. So it's, it's at its peak at lunchtime between 12 and 2, and this is when we should actually have our main meal. And after 2 o'clock, it slows down. So the whole digestive process 
is very, very slow in the evening. And then when we give it raw food, we get bloated, we have gas, we have indigestion and even diarrhea. The same goes for fruit. This is also raw. Fruit has a lot of sugar, the fructose, which also then starts fermenting in our colon where we don't want it to ferment. And uh, so these are some easy tips. Start in the morning, early in the morning, first thing when you get up, brush your teeth, clean your tongue, just with a teaspoon so you get the toxins which your body so graciously has, uh, you know, brought up into your mouth on your tongue, get it slowly out and then have a glass of water, warm water with a little bit of uh, lemon juice and then have just a shot glass or even start with a tablespoon of a fermented drink so your body can slowly, very slowly get used to probiotics, to the good bacteria. That's really good. Yeah, and then have um, the raw foods maximum up to 2 p.m., fruit maximum up to 2 p.m., and don't mix it all together. Have the raw food before the cooked food. I mean, that's the easiest I can, I can, tips I can give to everyone. Of course, then it has to be individualized depending on their symptoms and problems. So those are good, good uh, ways and steps and tips that anyone can start with. Absolutely. You, know, you said, that's perfect. Right? And writing these things down and when whatever something new that they do, it, it helps them also get to know their body because yes, yes, we still have to have differences, but all those basic things. Uh, I, well, I wanted to share with you that in, in the Philippines, sometimes in some public open market, we have an area where it's really will smell so bad because <laughs> it's the area where it's a lot of, they're selling a lot of fermented foods. All right. Yeah, but that's where we know those, we, we, it smells, strong but that wouldn't stop us from buying anything from that area because it, we like the taste of it other than the salty taste but yes. also when you mix it with other things it's it's delicious and i never really knew the word fermented food till uh, about that when i was growing up we just knew that it's salted food it's, okay we we call it as like it's preserved by the salt with the yes. salt but it's raw uh, so and I still remember growing up when we're we'll be near the shore and um fishermen will come with all their different fish and there's this one that it's, it's very tiny fish and that's what is being fermented so we ferment little tiny fish there are two or three kinds so it's, wow. Mm -hmm. uh, it, we like it. And that we were also using the real sea salt at that time. Yeah, that's, that's a completely different kind of salt still. Yeah. Yes. And that's, um, some of them are, the, the process is not exactly the same lately. It's, we were in the you know, Philippines, there's a lot of islands, so we are around the ocean, but we seem to be lacking in supply of real sea salt 
So where oh, it's okay. going, I'm not sure, but where it's going. But so I kept just telling my family and friends, just look for it. Because when you look for something, the divine provides it to you. Absolutely. It leads yes. you to where you can get it. So then that's when connection of friends come. Because then when you keep saying things, then okay, you get it from friends. So I want, I want us to talk about the importance of good friends. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, well, you know, I have uh, realized that when, when people like me are going through a lot of um, self-improvement um, programs, you of course meet a lot of people who are like-minded. And the sharing, the openness, the authenticity is so different when people are going through all these self-improvement programs because they know they have to take responsibility for their own issues. They know that when, when we meet someone and we get angry with the other person, it's actually a mirror of our own stuff. So if you can openly talk to that person about it and say, oh, you know, you just triggered some of my anger or some of my whatever trauma I have, whatever issue I have, then the other person can say, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry I did trigger that. Let's talk about it. Let's go through this together. So I have a small group of women who are really, really very, very close friends and we have that kind of relationship. We call it a sisterhood. When one of us is really, really down in the rabbit hole, we can call each other and we can cry on the phone and say, let out all the anger and the other one just holds the space and is there for me and vice versa, obviously. And then she, it's like the mirror. Okay, look Lamia. What I see, what I feel is, and you know, she gives me a rundown of what she feels because she is trained as well, just like I am. And she can, she can take it. She can, you know, she doesn't try to fix me. She doesn't try to rescue me because I don't need fixing. I don't need rescuing. What I really, really need is someone to listen to me, to mirror me to give me insight and input, and then to bring me back out of my rabbit hole. So I can really, really advise everyone listening to this. If you want true friendship, look for people who are at the same wavelength. And it doesn't have to be coaches. It doesn't have to be therapists. What I really mean is on the same wavelength so you can openly and authentically talk about the issues that move you, that trigger you, where you can say, okay, I own my feelings. Still, you just triggered me and I would like to slap you. I know it's not your fault. I would still like to slap you. And, you know, your friend would say, fine, I get you completely and doesn't get upset with you. This is the kind of friendship you need to look for because it really can save your life. It really is a completely different kind of 
relating to each other and it will support your growth and you really feel you have someone to 100% lean on. And very often it's groups of women who can do that and groups of men who can do that with each other. Often men understand men better because they use a different kind of language and sometimes they need to use um, maybe a lot of foul language and a lot of loud, um, you know, outbursts and women maybe need to cry more with each other and hold each other. And of course it can be mixed as well. My experience is I love to have this sisterhood with uh, just a few women in my life. And yes, it has helped me a lot. Are they, I'm very, very grateful for these women in my life. Are, you, are they still the same friends now when all this unprecedented time is happening? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Good. Very yes. Nice. <laughs> Thank God, yes. Yeah, so, yep, that, that's right. Because my experience is that uh i have friends who are who have different opinion of course of what's happening now and so i'm playing that dance on how i can keep them because i want to keep them as friends because and also with the thought that this unprecedented time will soon pass Okay. And, you know, try to remember what I like to friends, but it's just crazy when situations like this can be a test, even amongst friends. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, um, of course, I have other friends in my life, you know, they're not that close to me. And yes, I have people in my life who have completely different opinions and I do respect their opinions, even though it's very difficult for me not to shake them and say, come on, open your eyes, open your minds and look. But it's, they're not ready. They're not ready to see. They're not ready to have the courage that we have to look deeper into all these issues. And they haven't worked through most of their fear, maybe. So for them to stick to the say to the other side where um, most of the public media is uh, on the road and it, it gives them some safety, some stability. It's like, okay, we have to do this, so let's do this. And we are against all these things that uh, we are supposed to do. So... It, it takes courage, Grace. It really takes a lot of courage. I had a conversation this week on, online and, uh, and they're very passionate guys also in broadcasting. And then so I said, could you imagine if there's no such thing? What are we going to talk about? How are we going to, to perform or do our purpose in life, if we believe that our purpose in life has something to do with expression and critical thinking. So I said, yes. <laughs> and one of them said, we could just be chilling. I said, oh, 
and chilling and watching all the Netflix or something. And then we just started laughing. So I said, okay, we'll just do what we need to do in heaven and hell, because that's what we're requ required of. So that's a, it becomes a good conversation. Yes. And then when you, let's see, something also came out in my mind when you're talking about the fermented food is in, it's really big in, in a number of Asian cultures, okay, uh, other than the Philippines, like, and, and you, you're right, I've, I have to go back to the fermentation because that's one of my favorite topic as well. It's like yes. all cultures have certain things like the kimchi, Yes, our crowd in your in your culture, right? So it's like yes, yes, yes. And I'm sorry, but one of my favorite, uh, let's a not addiction, but sometimes I want to watch something. It's part of the background of when I'm doing my work. Is I watch like the Korean Netflix movies, and because I love it when I can see all the food and they have all these jars of fermented kimchi. Yes. <laughs> the food and that's in the movies a <laughs> lot of vegetables i'm like wow so that's and that's my joy and that's my connection with my sister in the philippines ah. those movies because my sister is also my best friend so that's very important we were we laughed so hard and we even said maybe when we die and we come to reincarnate maybe we can wish to live in that country and then eat all their kimchi. I said, so we laugh so hard. Oh, That's good. And all, all what you said too with friends and with fermentation, these are again, some ancient teachings, right? They always tell us on respect of our friends, respect of our families and just coming together. So like you, um, I can sense, like I am also, I'm very social, but I love that time also to be alone. I like the time not to do anything and to be still. So perhaps we, you can lead us in talk about allowing stillness and emptiness to recharge ourselves. Yes, I feel for myself. I mean, I'm a very, very busy woman. So I'm out and about all the time having different appointments with different people. Uh, speaking different languages because I um, work a lot with refugees as well here in Germany. So, you know, sometimes my head is just buzzing and then maybe I have like half an hour in between appointments. Or I know I have a full week, a seven day working week. And, you know, I have no time really to take off for myself. So what I do is... I just switch off all appliances, switch off my phone, uh, no laptop open, nothing. And I just sit in absolute stillness. And what I try to even do then, I try to calm my mind because all these thoughts are still there. So it's like, I try to catch thoughts. It's like, okay, what did I think just now? And I follow the thoughts. I follow the thoughts and then I follow the pause between the thoughts, just following, following. And then suddenly at some point, my mind calms down. And of course, being a breath worker, 
I combine it with deep breathing, very, very deep breathing, the deep belly breathing. I just put my hands on my belly. I imagine I have a balloon in my belly and with each in-breath, I want to blow up this balloon and with each out-breath, some of the air goes out again. And if you just imagine this and you go inwards and you have your hands on your belly and just breathing and maybe counting, count to four or five on the in-breath, count to four, five, six, seven on the out-breath, make the out-breath longer and you, you will feel how you, even your shoulders start to relax. All the muscles which seem to be tightened up from all this uh, hustle and bustle out there, suddenly they begin to relax. And this recharges me for the next two or three hours of the day. So this is a short time of a little pause, a little bit of stillness. But sometimes what I feel is on when I have a weekend to myself, a full Saturday, a full Sunday, I do the same. I don't speak to anyone. I just am with myself in my flat, going for a walk in nature and just observing everything around, observing my thoughts and just going into this, you know, bringing all, it's, it's almost like, like there are, all these ribbons of energy gone out and I try to bring them back into myself because they're all part of me and they're all over the place in the connections that I've made during the week. So I bring it all back, just bring it back into myself. And one thing that I've learned from a very, very uh, wonderful spiritual teacher, I haven't met him yet, I've only seen him, who is Muji. And he has something which I love, you know, when you have all these thoughts coming up and, and this is still while I'm on my own, I'm not with people and still there's all this stuff going on and I'm trying to go into stillness. I just say, it's nothing. It's nothing. Whatever comes up, it's nothing. It doesn't matter. I look at a beautiful tree, it doesn't matter. I look at a bird, doesn't matter, it's nothing. Someone comes, a person, and I, you know, straight away I maybe want to um, see what kind of energy is that, you know, because I'm very intuitive, so I can read people when they are passing. So I can feel myself wanting to go out energetically and feeling that person, so I say, nothing, doesn't matter. And just doing this for like three, four, five minutes. Imagine doing this for like 10, 15 minutes. Even sitting in your, in your favorite chair, looking around in your house, in your garden, and just saying, it's nothing. It doesn't matter. And there's a stillness that arises from within. In the beginning, it might be a little upsetting. It, it might be like, oh, but this is important to me. Oh, but I love this. No problem. It's just for this moment. It's just for this, the sake of this exercise. Doesn't mean a thing. Means nothing. And then, there's this inner stillness. And your batteries feel so recharged. 
And it's like, wow, it's like my body is full of energy again. That can be very helpful with all the things that's going on now, right? That like all that media, all the other, all the, everyone's opinion being um, bombarded in the main media, on the alternative media, and your friends or your acquaintances, that this, this practice of stillness becomes so helpful. Absolutely, absolutely. Because we are really bombarded with information, with changes, with uh, challenges all the time. And, you know, we get overwhelmed. Even if, if we have a clear mind, we still get overwhelmed. So by going into this process, into this exercise and going back into the stillness, it brings us back to ourselves. It brings us back to source. Because once we are really connected to ourselves, to our heart, we are connected to the source. Well, what can you advise for someone who is a caregiver of dementia or other chronic conditions? Well, you know, I worked at a daycare center for a couple of years. And I did vegan and vegetarian cooking for a group of uh, 12 to 14 dementia people. And uh, obviously, I could see all the, the family members dropping them off, picking them up again, coming in between, calling. And, you know, they, they used to be very, very stressed. They used to get so involved in, in the process, not just in the caregiving, but also going too much into the problems of their loved ones. So my advice is to internally keep some distance. It's like, yes, you're there and you have to be there all the time if you are the caregiver and you have to look after them. You have to uh, maybe dress them and bath them and, and, and see and experience how they don't recognize you or some others all the time, how they're doing silly things that you would never expect your loved ones to do. The first thing is don't take it personally because it has nothing to do with you. You know, it's, um, it's a degenerative uh, um, disease. They can't help it. And if you just look at yourself and try to internally step back, go back one step, and I don't mean physically. Physically, you're still here. But internally, you step back. So emotionally, you're not right here. Physically, you're doing everything you have to do, but emotionally, just step back a little. And when, when you've done your caretaking, then be fully there and nourish yourself again and do the exercises that you need. You need a lot of grounding, a lot of nature. And... Yeah, this is, this is the only thing you can do. Really nurture yourself. Make yourself priority number one, two, three, and then comes everybody else. Because the more you nourish yourself, the more grounded you are, the more you can give to your loved ones and don't feel depleted. You still have your batteries at least on half full, and not this little left. And then you recharge a little and then you go out and 
be the caretaker again. Your batteries need to be more than half full all the time. So that's the biggest challenge. I know most caregivers are the people who love to give to others, who love to be Mother Teresa to others, but forget about themselves. And this is really my advice. You are priority one, two, three, and then come all the others. That's powerful. That's one, yes. two, three is your priority. Not just one, no. two and three. So yes. what do you love most in what you do now? Well, what I love most is that um, since I've been um, working with refugees and most of them are actually Syrian refugees and my, uh, my father comes from Syria. I mean, he's dead now, but uh, he, he was a Syrian doctor who studied here in Germany. So I'm sort of connecting back to half of my culture. And I love it. I'm speaking Arabic again, which, you know, I didn't for so many years. Um, and with some of the refugees who are not Syrian, I can speak English or a little French. And, you know, I use all the languages. So it's like using all the facets of me. And being half German, half Arab, I have never really known where is home. Yes, Germany is where I was born, where I grew up, but then I moved to the Emirates. I lived in Sharjah and Dubai for almost 20 years. I came back to Germany and still in Germany with my name, I'm a foreigner, even though I feel like a German with a lot of, say, Arab emotions. If I go to an Arab country, I'm a foreigner there, I'm the German. So what am I, who am I? So what I really love is this multicultural mixing where I can live out all the facets of me in all the different languages. You know, I don't um, just speak German. I don't just eat German food. I mix with the other cultures as well. I love that. I really love that. And it's wonderful that you share those thoughts because you may feel like, okay, worst home on, you know, but then others I bet will be envious that you have the, the combination of that culture, the combination of that environment, like more so in addition to more than lang one language that you speak. For like, for me, I have so much appreciation when one can speak more than one language, especially that they have been brought to speak like that since they were a child. So, yes, yeah. And I, I think it's it's okay to have more than one home. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yes, especially nowadays. You know, you never know what the situation might come to, but hey, you can be there and make yourself feel at home and go on this side, feel at home. So good. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I have, re I have really learned that home is where my heart is and where my heart is has to do with me, not with other people, where I make myself feel comfortable, where I can nourish myself. So wherever you put me, it's like I make a nice home, whether it's a small home, whether it's a big home. I can make my home 
my homeland. You know, it, it doesn't matter where I am. Thank you so much. I was wondering if you would be inspired to maybe, I think it would be good for us to do a little bit of meditation. Oh, yes, I would love that. Okay, yes. and I'll let you do your timing. And we, so this kind of close to the end of our conversation, just temporary, temporary end, but it, that, that would be good to do that. Um, but before that meditation, and then after the meditation, we'll end with my usual quantum affirmation. I want to ask also if there's one thing in your life that you would want to change, is there, what would that be? Oh, that's a good question. What would I like to change? Well, you know, I'm on this course. Why? I'm, I'm, why? I'm, I'm on this course with Brian Rose, uh, the business accelerator, which has already changed my life a lot. Um, I have never been a person who likes to be on that big stage. I know I can talk in front of 10 people, 200 people, no problem at all, but I don't need it. So it's like, I don't like to show myself publicly. So now this is my challenge. I have to show myself publicly. I have to show up for myself. And it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful challenge to really, it helps me to go out there, to go, go out of my comfort zone even more. And also, I know I can add even more value to other people because I have such a huge toolkit. And my biggest challenge has been, how can I distribute that toolkit? You know, all, everything that I've learned from wonderful teachers, how can I, can I give back to the world? So this is something that I have just begun changing and I want to change even more. Be out there, give back even more. Thank you. So I think you were, we're ready whenever you are. Okay. Yes, okay. sure. So I would like all of you to first of all put both feet flat on the floor. So if your legs are crossed, please uncross your legs. And then just observe yourself. Don't change anything. No pressure to breathe differently. No pressure to think differently. Just observe how you're sitting here on the chair, or maybe on the floor, or on the sofa. Just feel your seat bones. Feel your feet on the floor. Where are your hands? Are they folded or are they just lying completely relaxed in your lap? Whatever it is, just observe. No pressure to change anything. Are there millions of thoughts? Just observe. And allow whatever is coming in and out of your mind to just do exactly that. Come in and go out. And if it's comfortable for you, please close your eyes. And if not, then just focus a point on the opposite 
wall or cupboard. And now I would like you to observe your breath from the time you breathe in, from the moment you can feel something on your nostrils, how the breath goes in and follow your in-breath all the way down into your lungs and all the way back out of your nose. And now I would like you to count on your in-breath, maybe to four or five, maybe six or seven. I don't know how long your breath is. No changing it, just counting your own breath on the in-breath and on the out-breath. And now I would like you to make in-breath and out-breath even. So if your in-breath is up to four, make your out-breath to the count of four. And now make your in-breath longer, count to five or six. And make your out-breath longer and count to five or six. And with the next in-breath, make it even one count longer. On the next in-breath, count to six. And on the next out-breath, count to seven. On the next in-breath, count to six. On the next out-breath, count to eight. And keep your out-breath slightly longer than your in-breath. And observe how your tight muscles might begin to loosen up a bit. How you may be sinking deeper and deeper into the surface of the chair or the cushion. And now I want you to go with your attention to the center of your chest, your heart chakra. And just imagine you're breathing in through the center of your heart. As if your nose is in the center of your chest. 
and you breathe into your heart and imagine that in the center of your chest is a small ball of light and you breathe into that ball of light and you breathe out from exactly that space and that sphere of light is getting bigger. With each in-breath, you're breathing in love and light now. With each out-breath, the sphere of light is growing and growing. And maybe you feel a warmth in your heart, in your chest. And allow that sphere of light to get bigger and bigger with each in and out breath until it fully surrounds you. And you can breathe in any color you like. Make that sphere of light as colorful as you like. And you can imagine that this sphere of light, if it actually surrounds you, is like a shield. And it only allows the highest energies to flow in and out. And this is a small exercise which you can do in the morning before you leave your house. And you have that beautiful sphere of light around you. Like a shield of sparkling light and love. Now I would like to slowly bring you back. So start observing your breath again. Come back to the nose breathing where you can really feel the breath flowing into your nose and out of your nose. So take three very deep and loud breaths in and out. And one more. Now move your fingers and move your feet. Twiddle your toes and twiddle your fingers and slowly open your eyes. And give me a big smile. <laughs> and welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. That was perfect. Just beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yes, yes. We have to do it again next time and we'll, maybe you could show, show us to do the breath work. Yes, right? great idea. I would love that. Yes. So perfect. So um, tell us again where they can find you, you know, your Facebook or what, wherever they can find you. Yes, I mean, you can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, and just online on my website, lamiahariri.de. Um, at the moment, my website is still in German only, but it will soon be in English as well. 
trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And so my dear audience, so, you know, don't forget, I will put Lamia's information below the description. So make sure you do that. I offer complimentary coaching that, or if you have any question that might lead also to Lamia. So we'll, we'll just, this is our collaboration when we wanted to reach out and help people for those who want to be helped. So we ask, can we help you? And at, at the end, I'd like to share this quantum affirmation. And um, I, I picked this up after shuffling the card intuitively and with the divine direction of which card I'm going to share with Lamia. And for the audience, I got exuberant growth. Wow. <laughs> and, and we say this three times in the morning and at noon and in the evening and feel it, feel every word. Because the words and the emotion and your intention and being present, that creates magic. It says, the more I help others selflessly, the more I can exuberantly grow and prosper. What I send out into the world is returned to me manifold. The more I help others selflessly, the more I can exuberantly grow and prosper. What I send out into the world is returned to me manifold. The more I help others selflessly, the more I can exuberantly grow and prosper. What I send out into the world is returned to me manifold. This is a fantastic episode, so please don't waste it. We want to see change and we're talking about grassroots chains, and that begins with one person, with two, and all of us together as a community. We're going to take the world into a different landscape in the healthcare, and we're just here to just kind of have a little guidance, holding hands for all of us. So this is Grace Asagra, your host of Quantum Nurse Podcast with me, the guest is Lamia Hariri. In my language, I say Mabalos. Don't let anything or anyone take the joy out of your life. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was beautiful. Thank you, Grace.